What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week six of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. We had another really successful week in week five. I would argue, dare say, my fifth successful week in a row this season. We're stringing them together like nobody's business. Let's talk about it before we get into the week six picks. Only 14 games, of course, in last week's schedule. In those 14 games, I went 10-4 and four straight up. We'll take a double-digit week any day of the week, especially when there's only 14 games. 10-4 and four straight up, 51 up, 26 down on the season so far through five weeks. That is an average of a 10-5 and five week every week. We will definitely take that all day, every day, twice on Sundays. So 10-4 and four last week. 51 and 26 so far straight up on the season against the spread I had a successful week last week I was eight five and one we had our first against the spread push on the season so eight five and one 43 up 33 down and one on the season against the spread doing really well over under another successful week last week nine and five on the over unders that has me 45 up, 31 down, and one push so far on the season over under. My betting props are running hot. They're doing really well. I'm really excited about them, clearly. Straight up against the spread over under. We're doing real well this season. Taking a look at the Week 5 Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze picks. We're going to start with the Bronze pick where I completely whiffed. I whiffed on the entire thing. That was the Baltimore-Washington game. I told you to take Baltimore to win. Washington wins the game 16-10. to Very low scoring game. I told you to take over 46.5 on the total. That didn't work out. Obviously, they only scored 26 points. That was a loss there. And I told you to take Baltimore minus 3.5 on the spread. So that didn't work out either. It was a clean sweep, but in the wrong direction in the bronze pick last week. The rest of the picks... Did very well, I like to think. The silver pick, I told you to take Pittsburgh to beat the Jets. That worked out in a big, bad way. Pittsburgh wins that game in dominant fashion, 31-13. to Big week for Ben Roethlisberger. It was a loss against the spread because I thought the Jets would keep it close. I told you to take the Jets plus 7. That didn't work out, so it was an against-the-spread loss. But I did tell you to stay under 48.5 points on the over-under. That did work out as only 44 points were scored. So that was an over-under win in the silver pick. So silver pick won straight up, won it over-under, just lost it on the spread. Gold pick, I told you to take New England with the returning Tom Brady to beat Cleveland. And that worked out in a big bad way. Two points better than the Pittsburgh Jets game. Uh, 33-13 to 13 was the final score there for New England. It wasn't against the spread win because I told you to take New England minus 10 because it's Tom Brady and it's the Cleveland Browns. So that's an against the spread win. And it was an over-under win because the game stayed just barely under 46.5 points as exactly 46 were scored. So it was a clean sweep in the right direction on the gold pick straight up against the spread and over-under. And on the platinum pick, I told you to take Green Bay to beat the New York Giants. That worked out. Green Bay wins that game 23-16. to And it was there where we found our against the spread push. Because I told you on video to take the Giants plus 7 exactly. And they lost by exactly 7 points. So there's our against the spread push. Our first one on the season. We usually tend to get maybe 4 or 5 in the run of a season. So... The first one took a little while to show itself, but Giants plus seven, that was a push. Over under, 
I did win that one as well, as I told you, to stay under 48 and a half points. There were only 39 points scored. So straight up, I was three and one, though now I'm only two and three on my bronze pick on the season. So that's got me a little hot under the collar. It was only one, two and one against the spread, but I was three and one on the over-unders in the platinum, gold, silver and bronze. Taking a peek at the straight up private pick'em pool, I remain in first place out of 28 members, 438 out of 633 possible confidence points on the season. That's a clip of 69%. That's got me still for the second week in a row out front in this league. In week five, I picked up 76 out of 105 possible confidence points. That was a clip of 72%. We like our 70% around here. Shout out to our week five winner, West Coast Martin. Martin has been a viewer of mine for a long time. He's a really great guy. He's an awesome contributor to the community as well as to my channel personally. West Coast Martin gets the big win in week five. He was 11-3 straight up. In week five, bringing in just one more confidence point than I did, 77 out of 105. That's a clip of 73%, but it was good enough for Martin to win the week. So shout out to West Coast Martin for winning week five in the pool, and I guess to myself for remaining the overall leader. We go to the against the spread pick em pool, the private pick em pool for against the spread, where if you remember from last week, we were in a three-way deadlock for first place between myself and in a minute man and half moons picks that deadlock has been broken as i mentioned i'm 43 33 and one against the spread on the season so that's 43 wins out of 77 total games that's a clip of 56 percent in week five again i was eight out of the 14 games i picked correctly with the one push so we're going to call that, uh, what's 8 out of 14? 8 out of 14, doing quick math. 8 divided by 14 on the calculator. 57% for the against the spread picks in week 5. That was good enough. It was not quite good enough, however, to win the week. Shout out to the week 5 winner, West Coast Martin. You guys are starting to kind of chain your victories together. First it was Holly, now it's Martin. West Coast Martin went 10-4 and four against the spread in week five. That's an excellent week. 71% total. That's an excellent week. It was good enough to win the week. As I mentioned, the deadlock has now been broken, and it came down to the Monday nighter. Going into the Monday night game, it was deadlocked between myself, Half Moon's picks, and Gundy. We were all tied with 42 against the spread wins on the season. In a minute, man had a bit of a struggle this week, so he fell a little bit back. I was the only one who took Tampa Bay plus six on the line in that game. Tampa Bay wins the game outright in just a brutal performance by the Panthers. So, shout out to myself for being the overall leader in the against the spread pool alone with 43-33-1 as the against the spread record. Now, I'm not going to take too much time to pat myself on the back about that one, as both Gundy and Half Moon's picks are only one pick behind me. Holly Gordon, Brady's back, is only two, point, two picks behind me. And then there's Bruin Steele and In a Minute Man, who are only three picks behind me. So, one good week, one way or the other. That's just the way these pools go. But shout out to West Coast Martin. You won both of the leagues this week. And shout out to myself for remaining the overall leader in both. Let's take a peek over at Fantasy Corner from my Week 5 matchups in all eight of my leagues. I had an above 500 record in Week 5. I went 5-3. and three. 
But among that five and three, I think it's worth pointing out three of these teams are doing incredibly well. I have one team that's five and zero oh in a public league. We're undefeated. And I got two more teams that are both four and one. So I got a couple of teams that are doing really, really well. I got a couple of teams that are struggling. Three and two, two and three. I think two and three is my worst record. Unfortunately, one of those two and three teams happens to be in the YouTube NFL Prognosticators Fantasy Football League as I put up a big L against Blue Roof Bandits this week. Shout out to Blue Roof, Blue Roof Bandits, sorry, for beating me this week. I'm only two and three in the Progs League. That's got to turn around. It's got to get better. In week six, I have a matchup against Stat Pack, Matt Coombs, Matt the NFL Fanatic. We're going to go head to head in week six. Based on our optimal lineups, it is a projected win for me. But then again, I was also, I believe, projected at a time to beat Blue Roof Bandits. That didn't work out. It is a projected win for me. But shout out to Matt. Good luck this week, but not too, too much luck. And shout out to Blue Roof Bandits for really kicking my tail in in week five. And of course, I'll take this opportunity to remind you, as always, that if you're watching, listening on YouTube, you can go down to the description of this video. You're going to find all my results from week five. You're going to find all my picks straight up against the spread over under for week six. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, both straight up and against the spread for season five of the show. It's not too late. Get joined up. Get yourself a shout out if your picks are good enough to win a week everybody's doing it why aren't you get in there join up on those leagues you're going to find links to other high quality nfl youtube prognosticators that get out there and do this every single week and you're going to find information on joining the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page which i think i've done an excellent job of selling over the last few weeks but i'll do it one more time we talk football all week there's trash talk there's all kinds of fun content so make sure you join up in that if you're listening on soundcloud or on itunes search nfl youtube prognosticators on facebook get yourself joined up in that group it's a fun group we talk football all week long join the fun there's no other way to look at it, ladies and gentlemen. We got momentum on our side. The picks are running hot. I'm staying humble because I know how quickly it can go south. It's happened to me before. And in these middle weeks, sometimes I tend to struggle. So let's see how we do in week six. Here come the picks. Let's start in Chicago where the one and three Jacksonville Jaguars, who finally got their first win of the season, take off to take on the Bears at one and four. As mentioned, Jacksonville finally got off the schneid in week four, winning a three-point game against Indianapolis. That was, of course, the game in London, as I correctly or incorrectly, actually incorrectly stated on the week four video. The Bears, meanwhile, got back to their losing ways, dropping a six-point decision last week to Indianapolis. Now, that game was in Indy, so at the very least, they do get to go home this week. But I'm of the opinion that the bye week cannot come fast enough for these Chicago Bears, especially given that they have to hit a little mini murderer's row here of Green Bay, sorry, at Green Bay, and then against Minnesota in their next two games before they mercifully get their bye week in week nine. Let me tell you something, Jordan Howard has emerged here for the Bears. He is no joke. Last two weeks, 23 carries for a buck 11 against Detroit and 16 carries for a buck 18 against Indianapolis. Now, granted, those two defenses are not great, great run defenses. We're just going to take a quick look at the numbers here. Let's see Detroit giving up a buck 14 on the ground, Indianapolis giving up a buck 10 on average per game. So they were certainly, you know, certainly not great run defenses, but Jordan Howard is definitely putting up the numbers. 
and he's putting up receiving numbers as well. He's caught six passes, 66 yards, and a receiving touchdown over the last two weeks. Jordan Howard, very dangerous. Jeremy Langford, when he comes back, this could very easily be a platoon situation in Chicago now, and it may in fact be to their benefit. Taking a look at Jacksonville, I put Jacksonville squarely in that uh, Minnesota, Miami, Cincinnati type of situation where they desperately need to learn how to run the ball. Jacksonville is the th- uh, sorry the third the third worst run offense in football this year. Jacksonville they need to learn how to run the ball more effectively. They're simply not getting it done. Now look, they are putting up an average of 21 points per game. They're actually kind of putting up sort of a less with more or more with less rather. I keep messing that up. Kind of a more with less kind of situation here. They're only averaging 320 yards on the ground per game, but they are averaging over 20 points a game. So that offense, they're getting things done with their opportunities. They're playing a very opportunistic style. And I think that continues this week. I think Chicago is going to be looking ahead to the two ridiculously tough games that they have coming up back to back after this one. I think Chicago may overlook Jacksonville a little bit in this one. Now look, Jacksonville's got to figure out how to stop that running back or that running game, that just running game as a whole, and stop those guys from being able to catch passes out of the backfield and turn them upfield for big yardage. If they can do that, I really like Jacksonville in this game. I don't think Chicago's defense offers much of any resistance whatsoever. Even though it's on the road, I like Jacksonville in this one. Jacksonville Jaguars in the somewhat minor upset, maybe minuscule upset, on the road, I've got them beating the Bears. On the line, Chicago favored by two points at home. I think Jacksonville's going to win the game, so I'm going to tell you to take that side of the line. I like Jacksonville plus two. The total in this game is 47. I actually kind of like that to go over. I think Chicago's going to be able to put up their points as well, and Jacksonville's defense by no means a juggernaut or even really reliable, to be perfectly honest. 47, it's kind of high, but I don't think it's too high. I'm going to tell you to go over on that one. Over 47 points. Jacksonville plus two on the line. Jacksonville wins the game straight up. Let's go to Detroit now where the Lions are going to play host to the Los Angeles Rams who had a disappointing loss last week. After looking like world beaters through the first four weeks of the season, uh, sitting at three and one and leading that division, the Rams kind of fell back down to earth and it's 100% the fault of the offense. The offense is letting this team down. Look, there's no other way to mince words about this the Rams are the 31st best scoring offense in football this year they are the worst yardage team in football this year in total they are the 30th best pass yardage offense in football they're the 28th best run offense in football even with a guy like Todd Gurley the offensive woes of this team are going to be their undoing moving forward which is probably reflected in the fact that five of their top six draft picks from the 2016 draft are on the offensive side of the ball. A quarterback, two tight ends, and two wide receivers. If you want to talk about a guy that has been incredibly impressive to me, especially last week, we're looking at Theo Riddick. Theo Riddick was put in a real tight spot when he became the starting running back on Detroit due to injury, and all he's done is taken the ball and run with it, and catch passes and any other kind of cute little phrase that you can attach to that he may not be putting up huge yards he may not even really be putting up adequate yards on the ground but when you're talking about theoretic you're talking about a guy that's caught 17 passes over the last three weeks and he's found the end zone twice theoretic is dangerous 
on a team like Detroit that has struggled to score a little bit this year, Theo Riddick and the ability to deploy Theo Riddick out of the backfield as a scat back, as a guy that can run the ball, get a, get a short yardage first down, things like that, that really helps a team like Detroit. In a game where neither team can really stop the run and neither team can really stop the pass, we're going to look at whose offense has the biggest upside, the biggest potential to put up points. To me, that's Detroit. Certainly doesn't hurt that they're playing at home, but I like Detroit to beat Los Angeles, hand Los Angeles their second consecutive loss. Los Angeles needs to get it figured out on offense. They really do because they are really struggling right now. So I'm going to jump on that feast on the Rams. I'm going to take Detroit straight up. On the line, Detroit favored by three points at home. That's not too much as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to take Detroit minus three. Total in this game is 44. I do like it to stay under because Los Angeles just can't seem to put up any points. So as long as Detroit can stuff seven or eight guys in the box and keep Gurley to, you know, human numbers, which it seems like they've been able to do, or really any team that's against Gurley seem to be able to keep him to human numbers this year. I think they'll be able to do that. I like it to stay under 44 points. I like Detroit minus three and the Lions straight up. The Tennessee Titans playing host to the Cleveland Browns. These are two teams going in opposite directions, although not to a ridiculous length. I mean, look, Cleveland is just, like, Cleveland's just bad. I'm sorry. There's no... Like, there's there's all kinds of ways to sugarcoat it. Cleveland's just a bad football team. They've been able to put up some points. Look, they've put up 87 points in five games, which is not the worst offense in football. So we'll put it that way. That's their bright spot. They might be the worst defense in football. Well, hold on, Justin. There is Indianapolis and San Diego and Oakland. Anyways, anyways, anyways. They're bad. Whereas the Titans, yeah, they're not great, but they're better. And I mean, hey, they're two and three and they won last week. As far as I'm concerned, the Titans are better on the offensive side of the ball. They're better on the defensive side of the ball, and they're at home. That's one, two, three strikes against the Cleveland Browns. I like Tennessee to win this game, probably in a walk-off, I would say. That run game should be able to just run over Cleveland all day long. So I like Tennessee straight up. Tennessee favored by a touchdown in this game. I'm not willing to give them that much leeway. Like being favored by a touchdown is a real kind of watershed mark there when you're talking about against the spread picks. There's only a certain number of teams that you give that much respect and credibility to. And I don't think the Tennessee Titans are there yet. So I'm going to take Cleveland plus seven on the line here rather than going with a team that I think is going to win the game. Total for this game is 45 and a half. I like it to stay under, to be perfectly honest. Neither of these offenses are phenomenal. They're good, but they're not phenomenal. And I think Tennessee's defense certainly is going to be able to hold Cleveland, who I think is playing with their 409th quarterback this season. So I think they're going to be able to hold Cleveland to a fairly low total. And as long as Cleveland's defense kind of even shows up, maybe a little bit, probably not, who knows, I'm still going to tell you to go under. So Tennessee wins straight up. Cleveland plus seven on the line, hedge your bets on that one, and under 45 and a half points. The Miami Dolphins playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers, speaking of two teams going in opposite directions, what a dumpster fire the Miami Dolphins are. Two straight losses for the Dolphins, they're one and three inside the conference. Uh, Pittsburgh has one on the road this year, Pittsburgh is 3-0 and against the AFC. Do I really have to say too much more about this game? Sure, I guess I will. Why not? Pittsburgh is a top 10 offense any way you slice it. Miami is close to the basement. 
Pittsburgh is a top 10 scoring defense. I don't think they're a top 10 defense by any by any measure, but they're a top 10 scoring defense. So they've been very much bend but not break this year. Miami has been bend and break. No, you know what? To be honest, that's 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 being a little too critical. Sure, they're giving up 400 yards a game and they can't stop anybody on the ground. So Le'Veon Bell may very well have 300 yards in this game, but the secondary hasn't been too bad. That said, you're playing Ben Roethlisberger, so hey, good luck. Pittsburgh all day, every day. Pittsburgh in a walk in this game, in fact. Pittsburgh's going to beat Miami in Miami. On the line, take Pittsburgh minus 7.5. They're one of those teams that I'm willing to give that kind of leeway to, especially when they're playing Miami, even when they're on the road. So, Pittsburgh minus 7.5. Total in that game is 48 points. I actually like it to go over. The Steelers' defense is really nothing to write home about, to be honest. They haven't given up a ton of points, but they are giving up a lot of yardage. Miami, I think, will be able to score some points in this game. I just think Pittsburgh is going to roll right over them. So, take over 48 points, take Pittsburgh minus 7.5, and the Steelers, obviously, straight up to win. Let's go to New England now where the Patriots will play their first game in Gillette Stadium with Tom Brady back this season, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. This might be a little inside joke, but whatever, I'm going to go with it anyway. Where, oh, where is Tim Brescier? The Cincinnati Bengals superfan who was so upset about the line being so close in the Cincinnati-Dallas game, only to see Dallas blow them out of the water. Things obviously get no easier for the Bengals this week. They're just giving up way too many points. Uh, If Cleveland wasn't in that division, they'd be the worst defense in that division. The Patriots are not giving up points. Arguably the best defense in the AFC, certainly from a statistical standpoint. They're 4-1. They're at home. Tom Brady's back. They got Gronk going again. Martellus Bennett looks like he's a weapon. Everything is going in New England's favor in this game. I gave Cincinnati enough respect to say I'm not going to put this in the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Really, I should have. I don't think this game is going to be close. Cincinnati still can't figure out how to run the football. You have Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard, and you can't figure out how to run the football. That is inexcusable. Anyway, I'll get off my high horse here. Patriots win in a big, bad way at home. How big? All right, look, Tim. I'm speaking directly to Tim Brescher now. I am going to give you the benefit of saying that Cincinnati will cover this eight and a half point spread. Because as a team, I think Cincinnati is good enough to do that. But I'll tell you one thing. If they don't, wow. (laughs) That's it. I'll just end with wow. If they don't, wow. So... I'll take Cincinnati, plus eight and a half on the line at New England. Maybe it's a bad play. I don't care. I'm going to give them a little bit of credit. So New England wins straight up, but I like Cincinnati plus eight and a half. And maybe a part of that is I think this game is going to stay under the projected 47 points. Look, New England, obviously, offensively, they're a much better team with Tom Brady. Cincinnati's defense can play. So I think maybe they could keep him... A bit down here. Maybe he even throws an interception. Remember, for Tom Brady, this is only week two. So, I mean, week one, anybody can do great things in week one. This is still week two. I'm not doubting the greatness that is Tom Brady by any means, but it is his week two. So, let's see him do it for a second week in a row. Maybe he will. He probably will. But whatever. I'm going to tell you to go under 47 on that game. So, New England beats Cincinnati straight up. I like Cincy plus eight and a half on the line and under 47 points. The aforementioned Carolina Panthers, who laid an absolute turd on Monday Night Football, going to travel to New Orleans to take on the high-powered Saints. 
Look, division matchup, you always want to be careful with these. But I've heard every excuse in the book in uh, less than 12 hours from Panthers fans on Twitter. Not to me directly, but I've just seen every excuse in the book. Oh, our quarterback wasn't there. Oh, our, our starting running back is hurt. And oh, that does not explain your defense. Oh, we don't have Josh Norman anymore. You have Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. There is no reason that the Carolina Panthers should not be a home run best defense in this division. It's Atlanta, Tampa, and New Orleans. Right now, the Saints, the Saints are the best scoring defense in the NFC South. If you're the Carolina Panthers, that's a problem. And it's so weird because... You're only giving up around middle of the pack in terms of your secondary. You're actually a top 10 run defense. So what the hell is going on? Why are you giving up so many points? You know what part of it is? Discipline. I saw a number of instances last night where the Carolina Panthers, specifically on defense, gave Tampa Bay either a first down or another opportunity at replaying a down because of a stupid penalty. And from a Ron Rivera-led team, that is inexcusable. But I even put it out there on Twitter last night. It is inexcusable for the Carolina Panthers to lose to the Tampa Bay Bucks the way that they did. I don't care who was in at quarterback. I don't care who was in at running back. You have a defense that needs to be way better than this. And the fact that you lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I hope every Carolina Panthers player, staff, and fan is taking a good long look at themselves in the mirror this morning. Because holy crap. How do you lose that game? And I hate to break it to you, but the number two pass offense in football is the team that you're going to play now on a quote-unquote short week. Based entirely on that and not knowing whether or not Cam Newton is going to play, I can't go with the Panthers this week. I have to go with the home team. I'm going with New Orleans. I like the Saints at home straight up to beat the Carolina Panthers. This is a huge problem for Carolina. Carolina's got soul searching to do. I don't think they're going to be able to do it in enough time to get a win this week against New Orleans in New Orleans' building. I know it's a division game, but I like the upset there. I'm going with the Saints. Saints are three-point dogs at home. Take that. Take those three points because even if they don't win, I think this is going to be a tight game. And Graham Gano has been a little wonky this year. So if it comes down to a field goal at the end of the game, who knows? So I like New Orleans plus three. There is no total in this game. Again, probably due to the fact that we don't know whether Cam Newton's going to play or not. Whatever the total is, I would say go over. The Saints defense is not good. The Panthers defense clearly at this point is not good. Whatever the total is, I don't care if the total's 55, go over on it. So over whatever the total is, I like New Orleans plus three on the line and I like the Saints in the upset straight up. All right, let's try to speed these up here a little bit. The New York Giants taking on the Baltimore Ravens. This game in New York, Baltimore, as we've talked about, don't tend to be a great road team. Although this year, they're they're undefeated. They've won both games on the road. So you know what? It's Apparently, it's just bizarro world. Baltimore is in competition for that AFC North division. The Giants, not so much. Right now, they sit in the basement of the NFC East behind both the surprising Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington Redskins that have somehow come out of nowhere to win three consecutive games. We'll talk about that in a minute. On the offensive side of the football, these are two teams that are snuggled kind of right up to each other in terms of 
production. They're both averaging about 18-19 points per game. Now Baltimore, yes, they did just fire their offensive coordinator, and I feel so bad for Mark Tressman. He was such a good coach in the CFL. And he seemed like he was going to be a good, off, he or he, rather he was, a good offensive coordinator in Chicago. Then he took over head coaching, didn't work out there. Now he's gone to Baltimore, obviously hasn't worked out there. I feel so bad for Mark. Quite frankly, I think it was a hasty move by the Ravens, and I expect Mark Tressman is going to be able to find coaching work in the NFL as either a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator somewhere. I don't think it'll take him too long. But in a game where the offenses are relatively similar, both in terms of their big play production as well as just sort of overall scoring, I have to lean on the defenses. And to be perfectly honest, and I don't think this is going to surprise anybody, Baltimore's defense is better than the Giants. Baltimore's secondary has been incredible this year, only giving up 191 yards per game through the ground or through the air. Their run defense has been spectacular, the fourth best run defense in football. Baltimore's defense, I think, is going to be the key to this game, even though it's on the road. I like the Ravens in the upset. So I'm going to take Baltimore to beat the Giants in New York straight up. On the line, the Giants are three-point favorites at home. I like the Baltimore side of that line, even if they don't win. So I'm going to take Baltimore plus three. The total in this game is 44.5. I like it to stay under because it's not like the Giants' defense is bad. They're good. They're, they are a good defense. They can make plays. Their pass rush can be really good. We don't know how Baltimore's going to do without or with a new quote unquote offensive coordinator. Uh, the Giants don't really know what their run game is going to look like. So I'm going to tell you to play it safe. Go under on this one. So. Baltimore beats the Giants straight up. I like Baltimore plus three on the line and under 44 and a half points. All right, told you we were going to talk about the Redskins, the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Washington division matchup to take on the Redskins. And look, if the Redskins win four games in a row, I might just stop doing videos because that's, to me, that's just like it's mind blowing to me because I don't know how they're doing it. Washington's Achilles heel on the defensive side of the football is the run defense. They are the, statistically speaking, third worst run defense in football. They're giving up a buck 30 per game on the ground. Philadelphia, statistically, are a top 10 run offense, putting up uh, just under a buck 20 per game on the ground. I think it'll be another week where Philly can just lean on that defense, and I think they're going to win this game. So, even though it's in Washington, I like Philadelphia to get the win here, deny Washington four straight wins. I don't think Washington's a good enough team to get four straight wins, so maybe I'm just playing the percentages here, but I like Philadelphia to beat Washington on the road. Philadelphia only favored by two points, I'm guessing, because it's a road game, but I like that. I'm going to take Philadelphia minus two on the line. Total here is 44 and a half points. I'm actually going to tell you to go over. I think Washington will score their points. I just think Philadelphia's got much more of a capability on defense to make a big defensive play. And I think that's a big reason why they're going to win the game. But I'll tell you to go over on it. 44 and a half, over 44 and a half. Philadelphia minus two. Philadelphia wins the game straight up. Let's go to Oakland now where the Chiefs are in town to take on the Oakland Raiders at home. Raiders now co-lead this division with a three-game win streak with the Broncos' loss last week. Chiefs are only 2-2. Two and two. They've lost both their games on the road. They lost last week. But I like the Chiefs to win this game. Look, if there's any secondary in football that you're going to figure out how to throw the ball on them, it's the Oakland Raiders. Kansas City is by no means a world beater this season, but 
Oakland has found more success on the road than they have at home. And I think I just got to chalk this up ultimately to gut feeling. I understand it's an upset, though it's only a moderate upset because Oakland's only favored by a point and a half in this one. I just like KC. So I'm going to take the Chiefs on the road to beat the Oakland Raiders. On the line, I like Kansas City plus a point and a half in what's essentially a pick 'em. The total in this one's 46 and a half points. I have to go over on it because I don't think Oakland is capable of stopping much of anyone or they certainly haven't shown it so far this season. And Oakland, of course, can put up their points. Fourth quarter comebacks, Derek Carr. We know that story, and it's been an incredible one so far this year. So I'm going to tell you to go over on that total of 46.5 points. I like KC plus a point and a half on the line, and I like the Chiefs to win it straight up. In Seattle, we've got the Seahawks playing host to the Atlanta Falcons. And I said it last week, if the Falcons can go into Denver and beat the Broncos, the Falcons should start talking Super Bowl. And that is 100% accurate as far as I'm concerned. I still feel that way. They did it. They went in. They beat the Broncos in Denver, which is incredible. Even though they were starting Paxton Lynch, who is, I guess, their second quarterback technically. It doesn't matter. Like, that's still Denver's defense. That's still the Denver Broncos. And it's still in Denver. And Atlanta went in. Not a traditionally great road team. And they did it. They went in and they did it. They made that statement. Now do it in Seattle. <laughs> like, it's it's almost unfair. They're doing it with offense. And last week, they even did it with defense. They only gave up 16 points to Denver last week. That's a good defensive showing for that Atlanta team. It was a just a great showing all around for the Falcons. I don't like them to do it two weeks in a row. Uh, I think Seattle wins this game, uh, especially if they can kind of get the run game going and get it going early. You can run on the Falcons. So if they get that going early, I like Seattle in this game. But I have to give Atlanta enough credit to say, look, six points? Six points is too many in this game. I'm sorry. Six points? I agree with Chris Carter, the Hatbox Kid. That is downright disrespectful to an Atlanta Falcons team that is leading that division when no one expected them to be competitive in that division by this point. So I like Atlanta plus six on the line here at Seattle. Totals 45 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. Seattle can score points. We know Atlanta can score points. So any line featuring Atlanta that's not in the low 50s, you kind of have to take an over on. So... I like over 45 and a half points. I like Atlanta plus six, but I like Seattle to win the game straight up. And the last game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze is the New York Jets traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Arizona finally got it figured out in their last game. They picked up the win. They're two and three. They're not out of it in this division by any means. They're only, a uh, let's see what, a game and a half behind uh, the Seahawks, so... They, they can get it figured out here. There's still plenty of time. That's an offense that can put up points. And they won last week without Carson Palmer. Now, yeah, granted, it was against the 49ers. But, you know, the 49ers aren't the terrible, terrible team that they have been in the past. They're at least competitive. Cardinals got it done with Drew Stanton. Hopefully, they'll have Carson Palmer back this week. They've got the extra day there as this game takes place on Monday Night Football. So, hopefully, he'll be able to get back in there. That will be a huge boost to John Brown and Michael Floyd and Larry Fitzgerald and even to David Johnson. And based on those weapons, 
I just like them over the Jets here. Ryan Fitzpatrick, he got it figured out a little bit against the Steelers last week, but still I don't think nearly enough to stay competitive in Arizona against what is a good team in Arizona. They just got to figure out that defense. They got to figure out what the hell's going on with that defense. I like Arizona to win this game straight up. However, Arizona's favored by more than a touchdown on the line. Seven and a half points at home. Sorry, I can't give Arizona that credit until I start seeing it more consistently, especially on defense. So I like the Jets there, plus seven and a half, because they do have weapons. The total 47 points, I like it to stay under. So under 47 points, the Jets plus seven and a half on the line, but Arizona wins it straight up. All right, folks, you know what time it is. Let's do it. Platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week six. Here we go. Going to start with the bronze pick where I am only two and three straight up, only two and three against the spread, but I am three and two over under. My bronze pick this week sees the Indianapolis Colts travel to Houston to take on the Texans. And there is no better remedy for a struggling Lamar Miller than facing the Indianapolis Colts at home. Colts are winless on the road. Texans have not lost at home yet. Granted, these are two teams that are both giving up more points than they're scoring. But in terms of the defenses, I mean, Houston has far and away the better defense between these two teams. Now, granted, the Colts have far and away the better offense between these two teams. So again, it's another matchup. It's like that Atlanta-Denver matchup of offense versus defense. Obviously, Houston's defense, not as good as Denver's, but... Indianapolis's offense not as good as Atlanta's I'm still going to skew on the side of the defense here I'm going to go with Houston given that Indianapolis hasn't figured out how to win on the road yet this season I like Houston in the division matchup to beat Indianapolis on the line Houston favored by three points at home I'm going to tell you to take that Houston minus three on the line I like it I'm comfortable with it total in this game 46 points I think I'll tell you to stay under because, I mean, Houston's offense, again, has not been great, but I think Lamar Miller is going to be able to have a field day on Indianapolis's defense. So, in a run game that's going to chew a lot of clock, I think 46 points, I think it's a couple points too many. So, I like Houston straight up. I like Houston minus three on the line, under 46 points. That is the bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm undefeated so far straight up on the season at 5-0. and oh. I'm also 4-1 and one against the spread in the silver pick and 3-2 and two on the over-under. Sees the Green Bay Packers playing host to the Dallas Cowboys. Why am I putting this game so high? Why when Dak Prescott has been so damn good, when Ezekiel Elliott has arguably been the best back in football, as a dedicated preseason Ezekiel Elliott hater, I have to eat crow. Here's the crow. I'm just stuffing it into my cheeks, just stuffing my mouth full of it, because Ezekiel Elliott has been dominant this year. So why am I putting Green Bay and Dallas as my silver pick? Dallas. They haven't lost on the road yet this season, right? Dallas, they're pretty good. They're 2-0 on the road. Dallas's road wins this season have come in Washington before Washington apparently got good and in San Francisco. Playing in Lambeau Field is an entirely different beast. It's a different ball game. It's almost a different sport. Playing in Lambeau Field with all the history, with as in as not insane but as as great as the green bay fans are in that sea of yellow and green and playing aaron Rodgers, one of the best home field quarterbacks in the history of the game 
playing a very good Green Bay Packers team that is still competitive for their division. They're scoring more points than they're giving up. This is going to be incredibly difficult for a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back to walk into and win. And that's exactly why I'm going with the Packers. One of these two teams will see their winning streak come to an end. Now, Green Bay is only on a mini little two-game streak here. Dallas has won four consecutive games. One of these two teams, they're going to hit the skids this week. And I have to go with the team that has the starting quarterback and the starting running back that have never played in this building before. I like the Packers straight up to beat the Cowboys. On the line, Green Bay favored by four and a half points. This is arguably probably the most difficult line of the week. I think I have to go with Dallas's side of the line. I think this is going to be a close game. Maybe it's hedging my bets a little bit, and maybe I may end up paying for it. But I'm going to take Dallas plus four and a half on the line against Green Bay. Total in this game is 47 points. I like it to stay under. It's two pretty good defenses. It's two offenses that can struggle, that I've seen struggle at certain points this season. So 47 points just seems a little high to me. I'm going to go with the under. So I like Green Bay straight up to beat Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas plus four and a half on the line and hedge my bets under 47 points. So that's the silver pick. Let's go to the gold pick. And my records in the gold pick are exactly the same. 5-0 straight up, 4-1 against the spread, and 3-2 over under. My gold pick sees the Buffalo Bills at home taking on the San Francisco 49ers. This is 100% based on where the game is being played as well as how unbelievable the Bills have looked, especially LaShawn McCoy, who's really gotten it going since they made their change at offensive coordinator. The Ryan brothers have this team humming and they're facing the 49ers at just the right time because the 49ers may, this may be the game that forces them to start Colin Kaepernick next week because I think Buffalo is going to curb stomp San Francisco in a big, bad way. I like Buffalo all day here. But I can't give them the, again, we're at the we're at the whole touchdown thing on the spread. Buffalo wins the game straight up. They're favored by seven and a half points at home. I can't give them that credit. I can't give them that credibility yet. I, I just, I don't know. I should, I should, but I can't. Because I know San Francisco can play defense. I'm going to go San Francisco plus seven and a half. And again, that's probably hedging my bets and it's probably a bad idea. Total on the line is 44 points. I'm going to tell you to go over because I think Buffalo is going to score a lot of points. San Francisco, if they score some, this should go over 44. So, Buffalo beats San Francisco at home. I like San Francisco plus 7.5 on the line, but not strongly. And 44 points, I'm going to tell you to go over. And the platinum pick where I'm 5-0 straight up. I'm 2-2-1 against the spread and 2-3 and over under. Sees the Denver Broncos travel to San Diego to take on the Chargers. And the story of this game is very simple. Whether it's Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon, probably going to be Trevor Simeon after last week, San Diego can't close games. If San Diego is leading this game by 10 points in the fourth quarter, Denver's going to win the football game. When your starting quarterback says... And has it caught on camera, we are the bad news bears, man. That tells you all that you need to know. Denver's going to win this game in a walk-off. I like Denver on the road to beat San Diego. Denver minus three. That's a gift. Take the money and say thank you very much, Las Vegas. 
45 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it because I think Denver is going to put up a ton of points here. We know San Diego can put up points. There's not a whole hell of a lot wrong with that offense. It's just the defense and their inability to close games. So Denver wins the game straight up. I like Denver minus three on the line over 45 and a half points. No SoundCloud comments, so we go back to YouTube for the comment of the week from the week four video. Comment of the week this week goes to Charles Darwin. Not that Charles Darwin, but goes to Charles Darwin, who has been a viewer of mine off and on for a few years, and actually the first time hearing from him uh, this season, first time hearing from him in quite some time. His comment was really interesting, and he wanted to clarify something based on the way I'm doing my picks this year. First, he said, congratulations on your going 4-0 on your ATS best picks in week four. That was the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. You now include ATS and totals along with straight up picks in your top four platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. Are these your top four against the spread picks of the week? Last year, you did straight up only for your top four picks. So these four games you choose, are they your top four ATS games, top four straight up picks, top four total picks for the current week? Thanks. Excellent question. Thank you very much for the comment and the question, Charles. And I want to clarify exactly what this means. I'm just going to read off the response that I that I gave to him. Hey, Charles, nice to hear from you. I still use straight up as the primary basis for choosing my top four picks of the week. So platinum, gold, silver, and bronze are based on my top four straight up plays for that week. The against the spread and over under picks that accompany them are mostly just along for the ride. Like in other words, my platinum against the spread pick may not in fact be my favorite ATS play of the week. You can just look at the at what you just listened to. Like my Denver minus three is not my favorite against the spread play this week. It's one of them, but it's not my favorite. So or like over 45 and a half points in that game. Definitely not my favorite over under play this week. They're just along for the ride with the straight up. Usually, though not always, during the course of a given episode, I'll, I will say something like, oh, I love this line. Or yeah, definitely go with this line on an ATS play or an over under play if I really, really like it. And I may like that play better than the play I give for my platinum pick. I'm always more than happy to talk betting strategy and give my favorite ATS and OU plays here in the comments though. Thanks for listening and thanks for asking. It was an excellent question and it gives me an opportunity to clarify exactly what it means. So thank you, Charles Darwin. You are the comment of the week. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for the week six episode. Gonna get you out of here on my CFL picks for week 17 in the CFL season. We're getting very close to the end of the regular season in the CFL. I only went one and three last week, so I'm only 11 and 13 picking the CFL straight up. We gotta get better, we're gonna start this week. In the CFL in week 17, I like Ottawa on the road in the hammer to beat Hamilton. I like BC at home to beat Winnipeg. I like Toronto at home to beat Saskatchewan. And I like Calgary at home to beat Montreal. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Week six is in the books. I hope you enjoy it as much as I will. And we will see you again in week seven. Thank you.